Hey, this is Alan Stein Jr., the author of Raise Your Game. And if you really, I mean really, want to learn how to level up your life, you should be listening to the Time to Shine Today podcast with my great friend, Scott Ferguson. Time to Shine Today podcast, Varsity Squad. This is Scott Ferguson. And I'm super stoked to bring you this interview. Um, I read this gentleman's book, Raise Your Game. Uh, I got introduced to him by my rock star friend, Kate Ekman. And he is a, a basically, he has the secrets from the best of the best. Um, that's kind of like the uh, part of his book, Raise Your Game. Uh, but this uh, cat has, is a veteran basketball performance coach. He's worked with the likes of Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, and the late Kobe Bryant. And it's just an amazing read if you haven't read it yet. And I do have a book giveaway at the end of the podcast. So make sure you're listening for that. Uh, but Alan's just a genuine, empathetic, driven person. And I'm blessed to now call him a friend and a colleague, in a sense, on the speaking stages and coaching. So without further ado, make sure you break out your notebooks, sit back, relax, because here comes my really good friend, Alan Stein Jr. Let's level up. Time to shine today, podcast varsity squad. This is Scott Ferguson, and you can help hear me talk about my, my three-headed success monsters, and I actually landed one of them here with my guy, Alan Stein. You know, in his book, Raise Your Game is instrumental. I give it to my clients um, as gifts. I've given out quite a few of them. And at the end of this, I'm going to have a giveaway where I'm going to purchase a few books and hopefully my friend Alan can sign them and, uh, and um, we'll get them sent out to you. But you have to listen to the end for that. But, you know, in his book, he says, when you know the things you don't do well, you become humble and driven. That's from page 19. The only difference between seeing something as your problem or opportunity is your attitude. That's from page 37. Our most valuable currency is our attention. That's page 45. Self-awareness plus passion plus discipline plus coachability equals confidence. That's page 74. Lastly, don't call people out, call them in. Successful teams talk to each other, not at each other. That's from page 215. But the thing that stood out with my cat here is, you know how we always say FOMO, fear of reaching out, or I'm sorry, fear of missing out? He says FOMS, fear of missing someone. The dude in his acknowledgments acknowledged that there's so many people that helped him get there that he used FOMS. And I use, I stole it from you guys hear me talk about that all the time. This is the cat that I actually got it from. And his name's Alan Stein Jr. He teaches proven strategies to improve organizational performance, create effective leadership, increase team cohesion and collaboration, develop winning mindsets, rituals, and routines. As a veteran basketball performance coach, he spent 15 years working with the highest performing athletes on the planet and get these trifecta of names squad, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and Jay, and you know, his forward in his book is just amazing. This guy is real deep into the NBA world. And thank you so much for coming on. Alan, please introduce yourself to Time to Shine, Time to Shine Today podcast varsity squad. But first, what's your favorite color and why? Oh, wow. You know, I don't know that I have a distinct favorite color. I tend to wear a lot of black. Um, you know, I, I don't know why I wouldn't go as far as to say black's my favorite color, but I know a good portion of my wardrobe wardrobe are grays and blacks with a little splash of color here and there. Yeah, man, it, it's in your color wheel too, you know, especially when we're on stages and stuff, it's, it, it looks good on us. So let's get like, I know your story. A lot of the squad has read your book, but let's get kind of the little origins of where you kind of started, Alan, and kind of how you systematically leveled up to where you're working with like that trifecta of people like Kobe, Steph, and Durant? I think the most important part to start is that basketball was my first identifiable passion and that I fell in love with the game of basketball at five years old. And here 40 years later, 
basketball is still a, a pivotal part of my life. Uh, I was raised by two incredibly involved and loving parents that were both elementary educators. Uh, so I had a very strong appreciation, uh, even as a youngster, uh, for education, for teaching, for coaching, and for everything that went in during the unseen hours for someone to get good at their craft uh, and to do something that they're passionate about and that they love. So I'm so thankful that I had those seeds planted very early and have had enough good people around me in my life to keep me navigating that path, you know, to present day. And, you know, I was told at a very young age that the key to not only success, which is what everyone seems to be chasing, but also the key to fulfillment and just true inner peace is finding what you're really good at, finding what you love to do, and then find where those two things intersect. And that intersection for me started as a basketball player. Then that intersection matriculated over to being a performance coach. And now at its current iteration, it's matriculated to being a keynote speaker and an author. Um, but it's still the same two principles. I'm doing something that I love and I'm doing something that I think I, I, I'm fairly decent at. Love it. And you are. You're fantastic. And, you know, it's like I always say, I don't always say I got it from my good friend, Steve Farber. You know, he said, you know, do what you love in the service of people that love what you do. Oh, right. Man. So it's strong. Right. I mean, I do that every day I wake up and like I love helping. I love helping people level up. I, you know, 10 people a day putting a smile on their face, compliments, whatnot. But they see that I love what I do with my coaching. So it just spurs me on. And people like me are out there like put egging you on to keep leveling people up. That, that's awesome, man. So what do you think then in someone in your position makes a good coach or a good advisor, or a good consultant? Well, I think it starts with what you just said so insightfully. It's a desire to serve. Uh, and I think in tandem with that is the care factor. It's truly caring. You know, to, to be a, uh, an efficient and an effective and an impactful and influential leader in any walk of life, whether it's sports, business, or anything in between, you've got to care about your people. You've got to care about those that you serve. You've got to care about yourself. You've got to care about the mission and the vision. You've got to care about your craft. I mean, you, you have to genuinely care about all of these things. And I, I've at least found through my own personal experience um, that when I care, that's going to, to motivate and inspire and encourage me to be all in and to give something awesome. my full attention. And then when I find if my caring starts to wane, if I, if I start to reach uh, maybe even burnout to some degree, then it's time to pivot, it's time to switch, and it's time to do something different. And that's you know, that, that I, I can speak firsthand from, you know, me leaving the direct basketball training space, something that I absolutely loved for close to 20 years and decided to pivot over to the, the corporate keynote speaking and writing space. Um, I mean, I'll always have an affinity and care for the game of basketball and for players and coaches, but I found me caring about the actual craft, me caring about strength conditioning and, and the sets and reps uh, that was starting to wane. So I decided to pivot and go in a different direction and find something that I then was, you know, kind of relit my fire. Thank you for answering one of the questions. I call it shivit because we're on my generation. We said shift, right. Yeah. And now it's pivot. So not just say shivit. I was wondering where that went. Thank you for answering that. So that, that was fantastic. So when you, when you're working, when you started to work with a young buck, like Durant or, or whatnot, or anybody else that you were starting to work with, it, what was your secret sauce then? And it probably is even now that maybe help them find that blind spot? Well, to take it one step back, to get to the point of having an opportunity to work with a KD or a Kobe or a Steph, 
Um, I, I learned the principle to star where you are. And this was something that early in my career, I really struggled with, but I had mentors that would hold me accountable to that. And the whole concept of star where you are is, is don't always be looking for that next thing. Don't always have one foot out the door looking for that next job or, or whatever. Learn to embrace the opportunity that you have in front of you to star where you are, to maximize your current role and to deliver to the people you currently serve to the best of your ability. And when you do that, it will open up doors and future opportunities. And the reason I say that is most of my career was spent heavily focused on the, the youth, middle school, and high school age demographic. Now, what tends to get most of the headlines and even the pictures behind me uh, is the work I got to do with NBA players, guys that had reached the top of their profession. But that was never my focus. My focus was pouring into the local high school kids here in the D.C. area. But doing that to a high degree is what allowed me to work at Montrose Christian, which is where Kevin Durant graduated from, and DeMatha Catholic High School, which is where Victor Oladipo graduated from. It's what allowed me to work the Nike Skills Academies with these guys behind me. But it wasn't because I was chasing those things. It was because I was focused on what I was currently doing. And some people took notice and said, here's a new opportunity. So I always want to make sure that's crystal clear, because I think we live in a society where everyone's always looking at the next thing. I even have people yes. reaching out to me now, yeah, you know, younger, younger strength coaches reach out to me now and say, Hey, you know, how can I work with NBA players? Yes. And I say, well, my answer to that is do a great job with whoever you're working out right now. And eventually that will lead you. You'll down get noticed, path. right? Yeah. It, that's, it's, it, you know, we say inch by inch, it's a cinch by the yard. Yeah. It's hard. Right. Oh, so we do it inch by inch. And that's what I have a, all my clients do. We're going to break this thing down and yeah. get it done. So and, when and it's the and it's the same same approach to speaking. I mean, a world I know you're very comfortable with as well. You know, when I first started keynote speaking, I didn't have American Express and Pepsi and Starbucks banging <laughs> on my door. Right. You know, I, I I had to to do the best job I was capable of of serving mm -hmm. any audience I was in front yes. of. It didn't matter if it was ten people or, yes. or two thousand. It didn't matter if I was getting paid nothing, doing it pro bono or getting paid a significant amount, yeah, I want to yeah. pour into every single audience to the best of my ability. And when you do that, yeah. then some of those other opportunities will arise. And, and I also don't want it glossed over. I did mention that when I was younger, this was really challenging for me because I was incredibly ambitious. And mm. I did have these lofty goals of working with NBA players. And, and even as a speaker, I have lofty goals of being on the biggest stages in the world. Sure. So I have to constantly remind myself and constantly insulate myself with people that hold me accountable to the fact of just star where you are, baby. Because when you do that, that, those things will all come in due time. You know, it's funny. You're seeing everything that I, I internalize as well is that, you know, I mean, I had five minutes with Steve Aoki, the big DJ. He's like, dude, whether you're performing in front of three, 30, 300, 3,000, 30,000 star, be that person right there. So, you know, I remember when I started, I was the same way. I'd have I'd go into real estate offices because that's my background. I was an agent for 20 years and being able to go in, I know the business, but there might be only four or five people in there. But if I can touch one of them to level up, it makes all the difference in the world and people are going to get noticed. You're going to get noticed from that. And, you know, it just so happened one of the people in the class, mommy and daddy was a billionaire here in South Florida that just started saying, oh, this guy can speak. He do, 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 do. That's awesome, man. Thank you for saying that. Start where you are. So what do you think then, Alan, personally, your strengths are? 
first is, and I know I've just covered this, but it is the care factor. I mean, I I find that that is a huge differentiator. I really and truly care about other people. I care about humanity at large. You know, I, I, I care about how I show up. Like I want to show up as the best version of myself for everything I do, whether I'm doing a podcast with you or I'm going to step on stage in a big arena, you know, I care about those I'm in service of. So caring is a huge part. Um, I also take a tremendous amount of pride in my preparation. Uh, I know I talk a lot in the book about the unseen hours. You know, I I want to be fully prepared for every situation that I I enter. Um, And one other strength of mine and, you know, is I understand the importance of self-care and of, of balance. Like I love my craft and I love what I do, but I, I don't want to be defined as a workaholic. Uh, I don't consider my life a grind. I don't wake up and grind it out every single day. And I know for some people that works too, for them and man. that's wonderful. Right, um, right. But for me, I live a really high quality of life. You know, I'm very amicably divorced. I have a great relationship with my ex. I get plenty of time with my three children whom I love more than anything in the world. And I I dedicate time to them because that's incredibly important to me. And when it's time to work, I work. When it's time to play and have leisure, then I do that Uh, guilt-free. And I actually think that is a strength of mine because as I've highlighted in my next book, which will be out in April called Sustain Your Game, we have to be looking at all of these things in the long term. And, and I think I've learned how to pace myself, still working towards being my best, still growing and improving and, and still incredibly ambitious. But I've learned to balance it to the point that uh, this flame is not going to burn out anytime soon. You can trust me on that. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, there, there's so many parts of your book that you stood out with your three kids and like not letting them win and making sure that they level up, you know, consistently and learn how to lose and, and win. And that's awesome. So how much do you think you, or put it this way, to what extent do you appreciate your own limitations? No, that's a fascinating one. That's actually one of the things that I've, and I use struggle in a positive way that I've really struggled with over these last several years is Uh, even though this is what I do for a living, and some people put me in the category of quote unquote motivational speaker, uh, I readily acknowledge with some introspection and some self-awareness that that I've confined myself with some some limiting beliefs over these years. There have been certain things that when presented to me immediately, my default answer was, oh, I could never do that. And that's something that I've personally over these last couple of years have been really cognizant of, and I'm trying to reprogram myself you know, I'm trying to, to make sure that that's not my default, that I want to play bigger. I guess the way to summarize that is I've imposed some constraints on myself by playing it small in certain areas of my life for many, many years of my life. And I don't want to do that anymore. You know, when, when I uh, see somebody or I read a book or I listen to a podcast of somebody that I really admire and, and, and don't want to be them, but certainly want to emulate their mastery of their craft and their perspective, sure. I see some of these folks and, and the old me would say, man, I, I could never do that. There's no right. way that I could accomplish that. And I really want to rewire that and change that because, um, you know, the, the only person that can put limiting beliefs on me is me. And, and I don't want to be the one to hold myself back. Love it. Love it. Very true. So when you're working with or when you were working with, whether it's the youth or even kind of coming up into the pros, is there, when you started working with them, Al, was there any good question that you wish they would ask you but never did? Wow. 
You know, it's 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 fascinating because when I look back on many of the high performers that I've had a chance to work with, whether it was sport or business, one of the things that they all shared was a, a genuine and authentic curiosity. Like many of the highest performers I've ever been around. Humble been curiosity, really, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and have been some great question askers. Yeah. They would ask really, really good questions. And, and that's always a trait that I've tried to emulate. You know, I, I think that our level of success, our level of fulfillment, our level of inner peace is congruent with the questions we're willing to ask. And if you, you want to get better answers in life, then start asking better questions or start asking them of better people. Um, so, yeah, nothing jumps out to me. Um, you know, one of the things I'm so thankful for in, in my journey is that, you know, having a chance to work with, say, a Kevin Durant back when he was in high school, you know, even though he was 15 years old, KD taught me just as much as I'd like to believe I taught him. And and a good portion of that was, was, you know, by the questions he would ask and and the behavior that he would model and, and being able to watch how he prepared and the way he approached the unseen hours and his passion and love for the game of basketball. So, you know, even though at the time I was twice his age, he still had a profound impact on me in the way that he approached things. But, yeah, you know, yeah. boy, that, that what you just asked me, I know I didn't actually answer. No, your you question. Did. It you was did. so insightful, but I can't think of a specific question that I wish someone would have asked me, but I'm glad you just did. You know, that that's crazy that you said that. I mean, you opened up my eyes to a couple different things right now with the youth. It's like, if you want to be that level, you have to have humble curiosity. You have to, you can't th- go in because it's the person that goes in thinking they know everything. They stall out. And I've just seen it. I played a little, I wrestled um, at a pretty high level, you know, and jujitsu and whatnot, but I'm, I stay curious and I'm humble and I just always want to learn. Uh, that, that's awesome, man. Thank you for answering like that. So have you seen the movie back to the future? We're the, qu- close to the same age. So I'm sure you have, right? Of Let's course. get in that Absolutely. DeLorean with Marty McFly. Let's go back to the double deuce, the 22 year old Alan Stein. What kind of knowledge nuggets, that's what we call them here at Time to Shine today, what kind of knowledge nuggets would you be dropping on the 22-year-old Alan to maybe help him shorten his learning curve, level up, or blast through? Well, in full transparency and in in the spirit of everything that you represent, um, I was pretty hard-headed as a (laughs) 22-year-old. I lacked the the humility that you just mentioned is so vital, you know, um, and at 22, I thought that I had a lot more answers than I actually had. You know, now at 45, not only do I realize how little the 22-year-old Alan actually knew, I also realized with great humility how much more the 45-year-old Alan still has to learn and still needs, you know, to, to know and to grow. Uh, and I say all of these things with a smile because I don't say this um, to, to undermine or to devalue or to diminish my previous self and who I was at younger ages. We all go through these different stages in life. Um, But in addition to that constant putting limiting beliefs on myself, uh, I was incredibly hardheaded and was not near as open to coaching and direction and mentorship uh, as I am now. And, you know, uh, through some some more self-reflection and and introspection, most of that was deep-seated in insecurity. You know, I felt that at that time that asking questions would show that I don't know something and showing that I don't know something would show that I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm unworthy or that I'm sure. not good enough or that I'm less than. So I would try to mask that with this, you know, this, this, this faux confidence and this, you know, almost bravado. And that just got in the way of, of me learning. Now that was a stage that I went through and it allowed me to right. be on the path that I'm on. So I don't regret it. 
And I've, I've forgiven the 22 year old Alan for being <laughs> such a knucklehead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that was a big part of it. So it's, it's funny. I think any advice that I would have been able to give my previous self, I wouldn't even have listened to. So, right. you know, uh, I was just going to say what you have listened. That's awesome. So Alan, how do you want your dash? Remember that little line in between your incarnation date and your expiration date, your life late life date and death date. Hopefully it's ways down the road, but that little, that little dash on your tombstone, how do you want that remembered? I would love for that dash, you know, w- words and phrases to come up. Like he cared, uh, he certainly humility. I would love to be tossed in there, which is of course is an interesting one because it's, I, I always feel like it, it's kind of awkward if you label yourself as humble, it's like, well, that almost, is not a very <laughs> statement. but you know, uh, as someone that, that enjoyed life, someone that wanted to make others better. I mean, at my core, I believe my calling is to just fill other people's buckets. Like that's what, that's what my job is mentally, physically, emotionally fill other people's buckets. I did that in the direct space of basketball as a performance coach for 20 years. And now I try to fill people's buckets through keynote speaking and writing books and being on shows like yours. But, but at my core, that's what I feel my purpose is, is to fill other people up. And uh, I would certainly hope that's part of the the dash, uh, you know, on a personal You're level. You're doing it, man. Well, doing I appreciate it. that. You know, on a personal level, I, I hope at the very least my three kids would say, you know, I, I had a present and, and compassionate and loving father uh, who did his very best to pour into us. You know, I'm far from perfect as a parent. Uh, and only time will tell the job that I'm doing today with my young children, you know, what type of adults they they turn out to be. But if nothing else, uh, I, I hope my kids know that I'm doing the best that I'm capable of with the tools that I have. So those are just a, a few things that I hope, you know, That's at some fantastic. point would be mentioned in my dash. I love it. And what do you, what keeps you up at night, Alan? Well, I highly prioritize and value sleep. And I do a lot of things to make sure that I can get a restful night's sleep. Um, but as far as the things that are that are constantly in my my mind, um, I talk in the uh, I, I talk in raise your game about the performance gap, the gap between what we know we should do and what we actually do on a daily basis. And mm-hmm. while I'm incredibly proud that I've narrowed several performance gaps in my life in different areas. Uh, I'm far from done. I'm still a massive work in progress and, and still under construction. So I think one of the things that keeps me up is, you know, how can I continue to grow and to evolve, you know, go from the current Allen Stein Jr. to the desired Allen Stein Jr., um, but still being enjoying the present moment and still learning to close those gaps. You know, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I do every single thing in my life, every moment of my life, exactly the way I know I should you know, because I'm flawed. I'm, I'm a human being just like everybody else, but I'm working towards that. But anytime I feel that I have a performance gap and then I'm not living up to a standard of excellence in any area of my life that I have set for myself, this is not something that anyone else can set for me that I've set for myself. If I don't feel that I'm living up to that standard, that absolutely keeps me up at night until I, I, I I start making the the changes required to put that into action. Love it. Yeah. And so is there, Sleep is something that I ran into a roadblock with pretty recently that I'm working through. And it's, I think it, a lot of it has to do with I'm, I'm serving, but I'm not doing it from a place where I need to be doing it from. So I make the tweaks and then those nights that I tweak it, then I sleep well. So that, that's great. And at our age, sleep's paramount. You know, it just oh, is, it just is. is for recovery. So yeah. Alan, what do people misunderstand the most about you? 
I think one of the biggest misconceptions uh, for those that, that only know me kind of on a superficial level through podcasts and social media, or maybe even through my, me speaking is uh, I'm heavily introverted. You know, people assume, what? yeah, people assume that I'm naturally extroverted. Now <clears throat> to clarify, I'm defining that as where I derive my energy from. And I derive my energy, the way I fill my own bucket is through solitude, is through alone time, uh, is through stillness, is through, you know, just being by myself, whether I'm reading or listening to something or working out or going for a run. That's how I fill my bucket. Being with people, being on someone's podcast or being on stage drains my bucket. Now, I say that with a huge smile because it it is the most satisfying type of exhaustion in the world. And it's how I want to expend my resources. There is nothing better than the exhaustion I feel after several podcast interviews or stepping off stage. Like, I love that. And I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. But then I know that following those things, I have to be in solitude to recharge my batteries. I can then show up as my best self the next time I have to do that. So, you know, many people, I think, just assume because I love being in front of people and I do love talking, obviously, uh, they sure. just assume that I'm extroverted. But you know, oh. I could promise if, if you held a big event and I came down to Jupiter, Florida, and you were having kind of a, a networking event or a cocktail hour, you would most likely see me kind of standing in the corner, just quietly observing everyone. I, I, I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not oh. huge into small talk. I'm not huge into walking up and making introductions. I kind of sit back in my stillness and just observe. And now if you were kind enough to introduce me to someone, I sure, would be very sure. gracious. I, I can certainly hold my own in a conversation and I'm, I'm incredibly social. I'm not antisocial by any means. Right. Um, but yeah. I definitely have uh, very high introverted tendencies. That's, that's amazing. I mean, it's like, you know, our friend Kate Ackman has what she calls her sit and stare time, right. Where she's just really locked in. So, Basically, Alan, you're almost living a game seven every time you speak, man. Like you or I get on a podcast. It's like you want to shine so much, but you need that recharge time as well. The introspective time. That, thank you for being honest with that, brother. So what are three things? Let's, let's not include anything with our cell phones, our computers, our tablets, anything electronic. What are three things Alan can't live without? Well, I'm actually, I would put myself in a category of being a minimalist. Uh, Now, uh, I'm probably not to the degree that maybe you've seen some of the documentaries. I I watched a minimalist documentary and this guy, I think, you know, know, like 12 (laughs) possessions in his life. That included clothes. I mean, it was not to that degree. But outside of my office here where I am, where I actually have a, a really robust bookshelf and you can see the pictures behind me and I have lots of mementos and memorabilia from some experiences that I've had, those things are really important to me. I mean, I've got things, you know, that my, uh, something my daughter made in arts and crafts when she was in kindergarten to a ball signed to me from Chris Paul. Like I have a lot of this stuff in my office sure. and this stuff is very meaningful to me, uh, not because of any type of extrinsic value, but because it reminds me of that time and place where I was with someone having a great experience. Yes. Um, but if you were to step outside of my office, the rest of my apartment is pretty barren. Like I just don't have a lot of stuff. So I'm, I'm pretty much a minimalist. So, you know, my, my kids, absolutely my family yeah. with my kids and, and, and really good food uh, and travel are things that I, I don't think I'd want to live without. I mean, I, I'm quite a foodie. I love really good food. In fact, that's probably my biggest expenditure every month is not on material <laughs> items, watches or cars good or clothes. Good food, dude. Yes. It's on really good food. I, I say that, Alan. I'm like, I, I drive, I'm from Detroit, 
you know, so I drive an American car. I have to, you know, also I get disowned by my peeps up north. Um, I live in a, a nice apartment style in, in Jupiter, Florida. But dude, when I eat out, I go good. And when I travel, I mean, I'm 6'1", 250. I have to have first class. So it's like, I, you know, other than those two things, I'm the same way, man. I mean, you give me my community or my family, my fiance, and my pit bull, you know, Stitch, you know, my, my paddleboard buddies, you know, those are the three things that I need. Well, chicken wings too. I do like, I'm a chicken wing snob, but. Uh, yeah, this mindset of, to me, and this again is another shift from the, the previous Alan to the current Alan sure. was I was much more infatuated with material items and external validation. Then I thought that having yeah. a certain income or living in a certain place or driving a certain thing or wearing certain things would make me feel better about myself. Once again, that's coming from a deep rooted insecurity that I'm not enough alone. So I've got a masquerade with all of these nice trimmings to make myself feel better. Right. And it never, and it never did that. And I don't think it ever will. So I've, I've really tried to detach from external validation and feeling the need to have these things. And instead I work really hard for my money and I choose to pour my money into my children, into travel, into food, into experiences. Sure. <laughs> and I found that so far to be very fulfilling. Love it. Love it. And, and it's, it's minimalist, but it's not. And I, I love that you bring that, brought it up like that. So what is Alan's definition of a life well lived? Doing what you love with people that you love in service of others, I think it's kind of at the kind of at the epicenter yeah, yeah. of it. Sure. Um, I think uh, a life well lived is one where, and I heard this the other day. This is not an Alan Stein Jr. original. I believe Peter Crone came up with this, but he said we can be works in progress and masterpieces simultaneously. Like it's okay to be proud of and, and content, and I use that in a very favorable way with who you are at present, while still striving to become more. But those two things can coexist. It doesn't have to be, I'm no good now. I'll be happy when I become this person. Journey, baby. It can also be, you know, I'm proud of what I've done, but I ain't done yet. And there's still, I want to continue to evolve and grow and improve. Uh, So I think that perspective uh, is part of a life well lived. Um, You know, for me, I, I place a huge emphasis on being in the present moment, you know, not getting too distracted by the past which is funny because I know I've referenced my previous yeah, self yeah. like a dozen times, but not, not distracted by the past and not anxious about the future, but just learning to embrace where you are at this moment and embrace the, the present moment. Love that you're saying that because like tomorrow's awesome memory is right now, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like right now is I'm blessed to be here. And a lot of people, you know, stand with one foot in the future, one foot in the past and they pee on the present, man. It's like, dude, that's why I even named my company time to shine today like stay now enjoy yeah. the journey level up throughout the time because right now is tomorrow's memory and might as well make and break and time to shine today podcast varsity squad we are back we have my guy alan stein i'm blessed beyond all measure and i know you guys hear me talk about him all the time but now we're going to get into some fun stuff where me and alan can easily talk an hour on each one of these questions but alan you got five seconds with no explanations and each one of them can be answered that way you ready to level up brother Neil, you got it, brother. Let's do it. Alan, what is the best leveling up advice you've ever received? Find what you're good at. Find what you love. Find where those two things intersect. Love it. Share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. I make my bed every single morning and haven't missed a day in close to 30 years. Love it. Love it. My boy, Admiral McCabney. All right, my man. So 
other than your own website, which is allensteinjr.com, and of course, time to shine today.com, a shameless plug. What website does Alan go to to level up? I mean, I'm, I'm fairly active on social media and I've gotten rid of the social apps on my phone. So I only use them on my laptop, Good. but I do use social media um, as a source to connect and to engage with others. Good. So any of the major social platforms, sorry, that was longer than five. No, seconds. you're fine, brother. You see me walking down the street and you're like, Fergie, man, he just, he's, he's not Fergie, man. He's in his doldrums. Other than raise your game, what book or sustain your game? What book are you handing me? Uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Good, good pick right there. What's your most commonly used emoji when you text? The heart. Love it. Any nicknames growing up? No, nothing that ever stuck. Got it. What was your New Year's resolution? I'm not big into New Year's resolutions. I I, I make New Year's resolutions whenever I need them. So Me I'll make New Year's <laughs> at the end of July if necessary. Um, I, I always I have unbridled optimism towards a new year and a new beginning, but I'm sure. not big into New Year's resolutions. Me neither. Just was curious. Chess or checkers? I don't even know how to play chess, so it has okay, to be checkers. Me neither. <laughs> Favorite charity or organization you'd like to give your time or money to? Uh, my parents both live in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and they both volunteer full-time for an organization called Fostering Hope, which provides school supplies and clothes for foster kids in the greater South Carolina area. Awesome. Good deal. And you can elaborate on this one, but what is the best decade of music? 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s? I'm, I'm an old school hip hop guy, so it'd be hard for me to go away from the 90s. But okay. there are certainly some cult classics in the 80s that that both make me move my body and make me laugh at the same time. So the introvert out 80s, there on the floor. <laughs> 80s and 90s are a tie. Yeah, yeah I, I, just with me growing up, I graduated in 1990 from high school. So with me growing up, the 80s was my thing. Big hair, don't care. You had the early rap with Run DMC and LL. Cool J. And then, you know, you had your crew, Motley Crew, or the Cure. It's like so many invasions happened during the 80s. So I'm so blessed to have grown up then, man. Um, you know, what's kind of cool. And, 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 and I don't mean this as a shameless plug no. versus your game, but the reason that I wrote that was I've been fascinated by people that have been able to perform at incredibly high level for long periods of time, like numerous yes, decades. Yeah. And still love what they do. And one of my fascinations began with what you just said. When I look back at some of the, the musical artists in between, uh, uh, in, in particular, excuse me, that were in the 80s and 90s that are still relevant today, 30 and 40 years later, Bro. it just absolutely blows my mind. Bro, look at the hooks from a lot of songs. Oh, like, you know, you know, there was a song called Take On Me. I mean, that's Pitbull's hook. You know, oh, yeah. for his like, there's so many hooks from the 80s yeah. that are like today. It's just funny. I would love to bend in Michael Jordan's or Patrick Ewing's or Charles Barkley's headphones back in 92 in Barcelona and yeah. see what's in the headphones now. And you're going to hear a lot of the same stuff just from the hooks, dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, it, yeah. it, it, even, even think about, you know, when, when I started listening to gangster rap, you know, right. when I was in school and, yeah. and NWA came on the scene, you know, that was in 1988. Yeah. And here, fast forward to almost 2022 and two members of that group, Dr. Dre and Ice Cube are every bit as powerful, influential and in the throes of culture today <laughs> as they were back when I was in middle school. Yes. And, These and, are the best. You'll give a. a Beats a shout out. These are the best headphones ever. Yeah, ever. Well, I mean, and just think of what that takes to continue to be relevant. Right. Yeah. All of the the pivots, or as you like to say, shivets that yes. they <laughs> you know, into different industries and doing different things. Like that is is mind boggling to me. Yeah. That 
someone can maintain that level of success and influence in arguably the toughest industry arguably. in the world yeah. for 40 years. It's, it's, yeah. Hey, you know, have you seen the defiant ones? Did you watch that doc? Oh, twice. Yeah. Like with Jimmy Iovine, like Jimmy Iovine is in, if anyone's gives me a round table that I want to sit with, you know, you know, obviously I got my Kobe Bryant there. Like, oh, that's one person. Well, I did meet him in 2004 because I had wood seats. I was the number one realtor pretty much in the state of Michigan at the time when we kicked his butt and I got to talk some trash to him. But I, I love always him at my round table. But Jimmy Iovine's there. You know, like what he did with the people that he did it with and got people to where they are. It, it, it's incredible. And like it, like Dre stands on his shoulders, you know, and, and he's still here, you know. Just awesome, man. Awesome. So, Alan, how can we find you, brother? Uh, well, you mentioned the website before. AlanSteinJr.com is kind of the hub for everything I have going on. If, if someone's interested in having me speak to their team or organization, um, that's the place to go. I also have a, a ancillary site called StrongerTeam.com where there's more information on the book and the podcast and some other things I have cooking. And then I'm very easily found at Alan Stein Jr., on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Love engaging with folks. So uh, anyone listening, if, if what Scott and I talked about hit a nerve, uh, please drop me a DM, start some 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 dialogue. We'd, we'd love to engage. I love it. And and folks, that it, it's not, a, it's a, actually an E before I, not an I before E in his name. So it's Alan, A-L-A-N-S-T-I-N-J-R.com. And that will be in the show notes, along with a lot of other awesome stuff. We're going to have a book giveaway also, um, for Raise Your Game. And the way I'd like to do it is I would love to purchase the books, Alan, and maybe if you could just Hancock them to the to the yep. winner and maybe sure. mail them out and I can Venmo you the money or, you know, for the, the shipping or whatever, if you want to take care of the shipping, either way, we'll, we'll make it happen. But to the first person that, pin, that, that posts, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, P- Pinterest, anything, Raise Your Game, uh, then they're going to get the, the free book. And I can't wait to be able to ship that out to you. I got a stack of them over here as well um, that I give out to my clients. And Alan, do me one last favor, please. And leave us one last knowledge nugget you want us to take with us, internalize, and take action. I'm going to give you a reframing tool that's been really helpful for me. And I, I hope this puts a nice red bow tie on everything that we've been talking about. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed this discussion, my friend. I, I mentioned that I'm 45 years old. I have a crystal clear vision of the man that I hope to be at 65 years old. So 20 years into the future Um, for, for, for lack of too much clarity or getting too granular. uh, I hope the 65 year old Alan is physically, mentally, and emotionally fit. I hope the 65 year old Alan has a very deep connection with his children and his family and friends. I hope the 65 year old Alan at that time is doing work. He considers meaningful and in service of others. Now that I have that vision of the man that I want to become Every single decision I make in my life at present, I run through the filter of, is this going to take me closer to becoming that guy or is this going to take me further away? From who I follow on Instagram to what I watch on Netflix to what I eat for breakfast, I ask, is this going to take me closer to being that guy or is it going to take me further away? And and my goal every single day is is to, to make as many decisions as possible that get me closer to being that guy. Now, uh, I'm not aiming for perfection. You know, huge spoiler alert. I'm not perfect. I'm not batting a thousand. But I know that if most of the decisions that I make are in alignment with becoming that guy, then then that is who I will evolve to be. And, And the most powerful question I think any of us can ask before we put our head on our pillow at night is, say, excuse me, I just traded 24 hours of my life for the progress that I made today. 
Wow. Am I happy with that trade? Wow. And, and if you can say you're happy with that trade, then I wish you a very that, restful night's sleep. Awesome, dude. In squad, we literally, you know, I kept Alan on a little bit longer than 30 minutes, and I'm going to thank him in advance. But and we literally had a free masterclass from my good friend Alan here, who knew and had an identifiable, identifiable passion, you know, his, since he was young. You know, he started with the younger, um, up and coming crowd of boys and girls and help them level up. You know, his, his key to success and inner peace is where that connects. I didn't say that right, but just go back and listen to what he said. You know, he'll tell you a good coach has a desire to serve, is a care factor, cares for himself, his craft, and his vision. You know, he wants you to star where you are, have mentors. And like we like to say, Get your asking gear and ask questions where needed. Stay humble and stay curious and embrace your, your role right now because you will get noticed and you will level up. You know, he's going to be remembered as someone really with self-care and balance or like I like to say harmony, but balance and, and harmony are, are just awesome and instrumental. You know, he's going to be someone that, you know, he knows he played small at the start, but he used and he starred where he was and kept on leveling up to where he is now. He's going to be remembered as someone that made a cross home plate, a little bumped and bruised, but he leveled up the masses and he filled other people's buckets. And, you know, he wants you to have a clear vision of where you're going at a more advanced age. And if God's, it's God's plan to keep you alive that long, that every decision that you make should be run through that filter to get you to that person that you desire to be. And I am a better person for knowing, Alan, this world's a better place for having and breathing air on it. He levels up his health. He levels up his wealth. He's passionate, yet hungry, humble. He's earned his varsity letter, not that he needs one. Here at Time to Shine today, but thank you so much for coming on, man. I love your guts, and I can't wait to hopefully collaborate with you in the future sometime, brother. Oh, my goodness. Pleasure was all mine. This was so much fun. I appreciate your work and your support and would, would absolutely love to collaborate. Awesome. Have a great day, bro. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Time to Shine Today podcast. Probably brought to you by Sutter and Nugent Real Estate, real estate excellence, who can be reached at 561-249-7266 and online at www.sutterandnugent.com. If you are a business owner or professional who would like to be interviewed on Time to Shine Today, please visit timetoshinetoday.com slash guest. If you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a link in the show notes to our website. Also there, you will see our recommended resources. We hope that you will support our show by supporting them. If you like what you've been listening to, it'd be great if you could just give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe while you're at it. I'm your host, Scott Ferguson, and until next time, let's level up. It's our time to shine.